then follow it along with me. If you're there and you're ready, say amen. amen. All right. Verse number 9, it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed. Now, this is where I want to take my message. Now, I want you to notice. It says, everybody in the city gave heed to him. It says, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Now, stop for a minute. Do you all see how the Holy Spirit makes it very clear that the entire city of Samaria, it says, from the least, which is the smallest child, to the greatest, which is the oldest elder in the city, everybody gave heed to him, thinking that he was someone great. Now, it takes a lot to convince everybody. Come on. Now, you know, it's easy for you to convince maybe a few people on the front row or a few people in your neighborhood, but when the entire city is convinced, something serious is going on. Now, let's continue to read. Watch. Verse number 11 says, and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, and verse 13 says, Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Let's pray. God, I am giving you thanks today for this wonderful portion we're reading from your word today. God, give us insight give us clarity concerning witchcraft and sorcery and its power. God, give us protection from the spirit of deception, but also protect us from using tactics to seek to control others. I'm asking you today that as our word is preached, that you would speak with anointing and power for insight, revelation, and deliverance in our service today. And God, we thank you now in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody give me an amen. Back in 2015, everybody, look at me. That's about five years ago. There was a very tragic national story in the news about a girl named Jaylen Young. I have a picture up here of her, her, her and her boyfriend that she met at college. She's 20 years old, 
And this girl fell in love with this young Muslim boy. And as they begin to develop their relationship, now, Jalen Young is from Vicksburg, Mississippi. And she was attending college. I can't remember the, the, the city where it says she was attending college. She met her boyfriend, who is a Muslim. And of course, he began to speak to her. She grew up here in the South, Baptist, like just about everybody else, and went to Sunday school. She sang on her church choir, went to vacation Bible school, and also went on mission trips like so many young Baptists do. She loved the Lord, was baptized as a young girl, sang and testified, and went to university and met a Muslim and converted to Islam. Wow. See, there really is a reason why God says don't be unequally yoked. Well, as the relationship begins to blossom, he begins to introduce her to different Islamic websites, and most of them were connected to groups like you know, Hezbollah, these are terrorist groups in the Middle East, and of course we know about Al-Qaeda, but the main one at the time that was really, really popular was this group called ISIS. And so she began to just take this stuff in as her boyfriend is getting in her head about the abuses, you know, of America, about geopolitical things that are taking place in Palestine and other places, Afghanistan and Kuwait and Iran. This girl is from Vicksburg, Mississippi. She probably couldn't even find Afghanistan on a map. But he's in her head about stuff that she knows nothing about. And the interesting thing is he didn't know too much about it either. But you know that after a few months of this relationship, she converted to Islam, began to wear her hijab, and they began to contact people over in the nation of Turkey who was going to connect them with ISIS fighters. And she was studying medicine, so she was going to go over to uh, the Middle East and be part of the ISIS team to help you know, treat wounded ISIS warriors because they're freedom fighters. Listen, these people are terrorists. Well, as they begin to plot their strategy, got her passports and airline tickets, they didn't know that there was FBI informants involved in all of this kind of stuff that they were doing and weapons and etc. Well, when they went to the airport, the FBI met them there and they were both arrested. She was charged with terroristic activity and she's now in prison, beautiful young girl from Vicksburg, Mississippi, in jail 12 years. Now, I just read through the story when it happened, but it's one of the stories that I saved. And so I just pulled it out and was reading it, you know, just yesterday, and I was just shaking my head. Here's a precious young girl, her family can't believe. But during the trial before she was sentenced to 12 years in prison, she started weeping in the courtroom. And her lawyer was telling the judge and the jury she's extremely apologetic. And only thing she had to say was this. Listen to me. She says, 
I really don't know what overcame me. She says, but now that my head is straight, these are significant words, now that my head is straight, I realized it was like a spell over me. I want to call my message today Spellbound. Because in her words, she was saying, it's like something overcame me and I was completely given over to this Islamic thing, renounced my Christian faith, put on my hijab, was heading over to the Middle East, and all of a sudden, as, as the trial and the arrest, it's like all of a sudden, my eyes were opened, and it's like, that wasn't even me. Everybody say the word spellbound. It's a very powerful word coming from the mouth of this young 20-year-old girl. But it's what we see in this text that I read to you where the Bible says in Samaria, one man named Simon was able to literally cast a spell on the entire city, the Bible says, and from the youngest to the oldest, he literally had these people, if I can use this term, eating out of his hands. And it's only when Philip came and had a gospel crusade and the power of Jesus touched these people that their eyes were open and they realized, man, what fools we were. See, that's what happens when you come under a spell. And so what I want to be able to do with you today is get the Holy Spirit to help us to break that spell. I mean, not just for us, but for the entire city of Atlanta, for the entire nation of America. Now, some of you are going to feel something during this message because I'm going to try to hit on lots of different areas because usually when we think of witchcraft, I know what you think of. You think of black magic and voodoo. But you're going to see in just a moment, this is a completely different word in the New Testament. And I'm going to show you how it works. But I'm going to also show you how Jesus can set us free. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, in the Bible, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says something to the Galatian church. Take a look at the scripture, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has what? Bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now, Paul the apostle had preached with great success in that region of Galatia. He saw the people getting saved. He watched the church in Galatia begin to develop. He ministered and pastored and, and, and nurtured them in the resurrection and the power of salvation. He saw it, but now he's giving them a rebuke because he's watching them 
turn away from their precious faith, just like this girl, Jalen Young, just like so many people in Atlanta, Georgia. He's watching these people begin to throw away what they loved and what they believed. And so God records this in the Bible for every one of us. He says, who has bewitched you? Why was he saying that? He said, because you're not obeying the truth that was clearly portrayed to you. Now, I can imagine him just shaking his head, just like any pastor today would shake their head over somebody who would serve Jesus Christ and then begin to walk away from the faith. What's gotten into you? Didn't Jesus save you? Didn't Jesus forgive your sins? Didn't Jesus raise you up and do these great things in your life? Well, 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 yes. Well, how come you're not obeying him anymore? Why aren't you serving him faithfully anymore? And they're just, well, well, well. And he said, no, no, no. You've been bewitched. Spellbound. Somebody's been talking to you. Something has been influencing you. If you can walk away from a good Jesus. Come on. Something is going on when you can walk away from a good Jesus. How many would testify with me that God's been good? Hallelujah. <laughs> well, my question is where do you go when you walk away from God? See, and the only reason why anybody would walk away is because a spell has been cast over their life. That's what has happened in Samaria. That's what has happened to this young girl from Vicksburg, Mississippi. And I'm here to tell you, not because I'm proud of it, but it's happened all across our city here in Atlanta, Georgia. And you know, in many cases... It happens right inside the Christian church. People have fallen in love with their Savior, and then all of a sudden, their eyes get distracted for whatever the reason is. And God doesn't say it's just a slight turning out of the way. Here's what the apostle says. You've been bewitched. One of my favorite stories to tell, but I love telling it because it's so clear, but it really didn't have a happy ending, but I only love telling it because all of the pieces of the story are so clear that a child can understand it. A very, very, very good friend of mine, 15 years as a Christian, serving God in one of our fellowship churches as a wonderful disciple, very, very beautiful young lady came into their church and gave her heart to Jesus. And within a week's time, he was in love with her. <laughs> well, there's a reason why many of our pastors, and I so concur with them, tell people, listen, if you're young in the Lord, keep your eyes on Jesus for a while. <laughs> Because the love and the lust and all of that stuff from the world, it's so hard for it all to be clear when you're young in the Lord. God, it's so easy to think you're in love 
when it's nothing but lust juices. Am I telling the truth, y'all? It's so easy to feel infatuation and think it's, it's love. So anyway, he was in love with this girl, according to his words. And I remember the pastor said to him, leave this young lady alone and let her get established in Jesus. But he wasn't trying to hear that. So yeah, he's giving her rides home. The pastor said, let somebody else give her a ride home. He finds out that, you know, they're going to Starbucks, they're going to Baskin-Robbins on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night. They're in love. Woohoo! Well, you know how the devil is. It wasn't long before they were in a cheap hotel and doing what only sinners do. Their spiritual life began to take a dive not coming to church like they used to because sin will make you guilty, folks. You're ashamed to look at people in the eye. You're ashamed in the presence of God. And pretty soon they both just stopped coming to church. Well, I think it was 16 months later, no one had seen him. He had stopped going to church. Somebody saw him at a shopping mall. said, bro, we miss you at the church. And he just began to weep girl had left him, taken all of his money, cleared out his bank account. When I say cleared it out, she didn't take the card and stick it. She just kept saying, I want more of this, and I want that, and I want that, and he just gave it all to her. She had moved in with him, and of course, you know, Christians ought not to be living with someone they're not married to. So everything started falling apart for this guy until she finally left when the money was gone and he's there with his head down completely busted and broken. So hard for them to try to get him to come back to church. He was so ashamed. I should have listened to God. I knew better. I should have listened to the pastor's advice and the other people that were talking to me. He said, listen, man, well, why did you... And he said the same thing that the young girl from Pittsburgh, Mississippi said. You know what he said? Same thing. He says, I don't even know what overcame me. And looking back now, that wasn't even me. Spellbound. Well, what was it? Was it some voodoo under the table? Was it somebody gave him some special potion to drink? No, it was none of that. I'll tell you what it was. It was her beauty. See, because I know what happens when you think of witchcraft, you're thinking of black magic and voodoo and some witch with a long nose and a hat and a broom and she's stirring up a pot of witch's brew. Don't drink the witch's brew, you guys. And that's what people think. See, y'all been watching TV too much. And when you think of witchcraft, that's all you're thinking about. Oh, they cut off a piece of my shirt, and they boiled it in hot water, and they put it under the bed, and it cursed me. See, just stop all that. I'll tell you what put a spell on him. A beautiful girl. Now listen, I travel around the city of Atlanta all the time, and I see 
young men standing on the corner or standing downtown or standing at the CVS or the mall, and I see them all the time. And a pretty girl with a mini skirt on, and cleavage is showing, her hair is just right, and she's walking like a snake, you know, and she walks by. No, no, I'm talking the truth. Y'all just stay with me for a minute. I'm trying to bring some deliverance today. And I see her, and she walks by a group of young men, and you ever see what they do? Mouth drop open. Because they can't talk. They get all, hey, 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 hey girl. Hey, they're all kind of, you know, they, they start, hey, hey, you know, you know spellbound. Why do you think pornographic websites are the most popular websites on the World Wide Web? Spellbound. In other words, one naked piece of flesh that you watched yesterday is going to be the same thing that you watch today. All biology is the same. Y'all say amen. Well, I gotta look at another naked one. Well, you looked at ten yesterday. Well, I gotta see another one. Why? Because you're spellbound. And they give their credit card, they give their money, what? To watch the same thing over and over that you just saw a thousand times last week and last year. But I just can't stop. And the reason people can't stop, now they're calling them sex addicts or drug addicts or alcohol addicts, what has happened, folks, is something has cast a spell on you. We're reading about it here, and I'm talking to you about it because God wants his people delivered. Well, as I go through my message today, I'm going to hope and pray that I can bring some kind of relevance to where we are in the world today because I just don't want to get caught up on you know boys girls and stuff like that because that's just one small part of being spellbound do you all know that in the book of Revelation Jesus gives us a powerful prophecy about all of the things that are going to begin to unfold in the last days around the time of the rapture and before the rapture and, 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 and the tribulation. And God gives us these things in the book of Revelation so that as we study them, we can begin to identify the times that we live in and we can not just ready ourselves, but we can ready those we love so much. I'm going to show you one of those prophecies right now. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation 13, and some of you are familiar with this because it is the chapter that talks about the beast that rises up from among the people. We know that beast is identified as the Antichrist. We say beast as in mark of the beast or the mark of the Antichrist. But the book of Revelation chapter 13 gives that nice long running understanding prophecy about how he rises and the power that he has over people now just take a look at it real quickly with me everybody and I'm going to move right on Revelation 13 
Look at verse number 8, and then I'm going to read one of the portion. Everybody there? Revelation 13, verse 8. Verse 8 says this. It says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All right? Hold your place there and go to the same chapter, Revelation 13, verse 16 and verse 17. Watch what it says. Verse 16, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, let me stop there. Everybody look up here at me. I just gave you two small portions out of this great chapter, Revelation 13, about the Antichrist. Now, if you were paying attention, you'll notice that the first scripture says, he will cause everyone in the world to worship him. Now, you may have read that before. You may have even heard it in a video about the end times or something, but I'm sure that most people haven't really stopped and thought about what it is saying. Everybody in the world? Come on, take a look at it. Look at it, verse number 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Muslims? Hindus in India? Shinto? And, and, and Buddhists in Japan and China? Christians in America and England? In South America and the Caribbean? Aboriginal, Native American people? Rastafarians in Jamaica? Ancestral worship in Central and Western Africa? Everybody in the world worshiping one? person. Now you tell me how can he pull that off? Come on, you know, Christianity is powerful. People get saved and changed and miracles of deliverance here in America. We've been preaching the gospel revivals under tents from, from Billy Graham days all the way up until, you know, and, and, and we still can't get everybody in America to worship Jesus. But the Antichrist will be able to get all the people to worship him. You stop back and go, wow. How he going to do that? See, spellbound is a very powerful term. Because what it teaches us is this Antichrist who is filled with Satan, if not Satan himself, has an ability to cast a spell on people. Somebody say, God protect us. Come on. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor, it'll never happen to me. Listen, all I'm telling you, you keep thinking like that, and you're going to be the first one with a mark on your hand. Because I'm watching people 
you get deceived by a TV commercial. Oh, Pastor, Anakin, not going to get, oh, stop it. You know, they can lie to us about coronavirus and the whole world got masks on. Don't tell me that, that oh, not me. I'm telling you, yes, all of us. We need Jesus, don't we? Now, here's the reality, folks, is the Bible says that the Antichrist is words are so seductive. <laughs> His lies are so powerful and deceiving that there will literally be a one world religion. And as I'm standing here on this platform today, some of you who have really not been paying attention to what's going on in the world at large, you might not understand that this one world religion has been forming for the last 50 or 60 years. Back in the year 2000, there's a group called the World Conference of Religion for Peace. The World Conference of Religions for Peace. Now they met regularly, probably for the last 50 or 60 years, putting together what they called a charter. And their charter was for the progressive movement of religions, all religions around the world. They had pretty much uh, leaders and heads from all religions, Christianity included. The Pope kind of was like the CEO or the one who is heading this thing up. In the year 2000, they all signed this charter to create a World Council of Religions, a global spiritual body, I'm reading specifically from it, a global spiritual body that will speak for all religions. He ain't speaking for me. A global spiritual body to speak for all religions. On the news broadcasts, on interviews, on the world stage, at the United Nations, at the, at, at the European Union, all of these places, these are the ones who are going to speak on the behalf of all Religious. Now, let me tell you a few of the things in their charter that I picked up this week just to help all of you understand what's going on. It says, we cannot unite on all of our beliefs, but we can unite over global warming. So one of the reasons why you hear about global warming so much in the news, someone is pushing it as a peace and safety issue because, see, we can all join together around that issue. Whether the earth is warming or not is not my issue. God is in charge. And if it's warming, he can heat it up or he can cool it down. Can you say amen? Ain't nothing you and I can do to affect it except for to pray and wait for the rapture. But anyway, listen, we can unite around the issue of global warming and forget religious differences. We can declare, they signed, all paths lead to God. And you know one of the big champions of that is Oprah Winfrey. Is that all paths lead to God. Well, I'm sorry, Rastafarian smoking weed ain't leading you to Jesus. 
Hindus drinking cow urine is not leading you to Jesus. That's a lie that all paths lead to God. Washing yourself in the Ganges River is not bring forgiveness of sins like they do over in the nation of India. Folks, this is a lie, but the thing is, people have accepted it because we gather around not religious or spiritual issues, we gather around these security and safety and secular issues and we kind of dismiss the differences of our faith. It says we will use the entertainment world to promote unity. You know what the entertainment world means? Rappers and singers and movie stars. They're the ones who are always in front of your screen, whether it's on the internet, social media, or movies and TV, and, and, and highlighting these subjects. And see, my problem is not them, because, you know, the lost have always been lost. I mentioned this last week. My problem is Christians. Those of us who love Jesus, who are now becoming spellbound. Falling right in line with the spell of the Antichrist. It says, all the world will worship him. And as you watch God's people begin to move the goalpost, salvation is only in Jesus. Well, it can possibly be in someone, and you start moving the goalpost. Let me tell you a few more things that are in their charter. We will gather around the issue of same-sex relationships. That's why it's become such a big topic on social media and in the news, because these are issues that they say, hey, as world religions, we can gather around this. And it says here, finally, that we will begin to root out fundamentalism. Now, what they mean by fundamentalism is evangelicals like you and me. You know why? Because evangelicals like you and me believe one thing. John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's an evangelical. Your Buddha won't save you. I don't care how sincere you are. Muhammad won't save you. I don't care how sincere you are. A Christian believes that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, and that is the Christian position. If you move anywhere to the left or to the right, you're slowly coming under a spell. And the spell is you're a hater. The spell is you don't have love. The spell is you don't have compassion like the rest of us. You mean, mean Christian people. You don't love these homosexuals. and You don't love these other religions and begin to push evangelicals out of the public square. Folks, as I'm talking to you today, it is happening right now. And the reason why I'm preaching this to you is because everybody loves to be liked. <laughs> I do and you do. And in these last days, if you love to be liked, you're going to find yourself spellbound. It's going to get you. Everybody still with me? Now that's how the scripture says that the Antichrist 
is going to get all the world to worship him. Just tell people if you don't fall in line, you are a bigot. You don't fall in line, you are a hater. And just watch church people fall right in line. I'm not a bigot. Maybe, maybe I can go along with that. Listen, Christians must not compromise. Salvation is of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Now, my desire in bringing the message to you folks is that that spell that is coming through social media, coming through TV and movies, that as it begins to try to get its talons inside of us, we can shake it off and say, I'm standing for Jesus. Now, in this text that we read Today, Acts chapter 8, you'll notice that the Bible says, I'm going to go back to the original text. I want you to go back and find it with me. Acts chapter 8. Let me talk a little bit about it before we run out of time. Go to Acts chapter 8, everybody. Are y'all getting my message so far? Please, I want y'all to pay attention with me. In Acts chapter 8, I want you to look at verse number 9. Listen to what it says. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain what? Uh -huh, a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. Now, verse number 11 says, And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. So, of course, trying to unlock the truth of the scripture requires that you study one word in that text. And that is the word that is found in both chapter, verse number 9 and verse number 11. What is that word? Astonished. Verse number 9 he astonished the people. Verse number 11, he astonished them. So that word appears twice as it relates to the effect that this man Simon had on the people of Samaria. God calls it, they were astonished. So I looked the word up in the Greek lexicon, which is where the New Testament words are. And the word astonished in some places is the same word translated bewitched, but it gives you the Greek word, and the Greek word for astonished is an interesting word. I'll give you the spelling, E-X-I-S-T-E-M-I, existemi. I think that's the right way to say it. But the word means, listen, to capture one's attention, influence them for the purpose of controlling them. The English here in the New King James is the word astonished. I think the Old King James will have the word he bewitched them. One translation I read yesterday said he amazed them. But the point is that they were under some type of spell. Say amen. amen. What he did and what he said, it had them under control, amazed, astonished, bewitched. 
Systemi, here's the word, the original word as it was written in the Bible. It means something to capture your attention, means something either exciting or something brilliant or amazing. I've got your attention. Then I speak to influence you so that I can control you. And that's exactly what he did. From the youngest to the oldest, this man, Simon, ran the city. Come on, folks, he had them all under a spell. Now, I got to try to make you all get this clearly because I know some of you, you're still thinking spells, sorcery, voodoo, black magic. I don't mess with that stuff. And, and this is where you're going to miss the message if you keep thinking like that. I'm trying to get this out of your head. Let me tell you something that happened to me. I used to never like Michael Jackson. Now, my kids, they know this is a joke in my house. They know yeah, I, I, I mocked him. I didn't like him. He's the devil. He's a pedophile. He was everything. He, he didn't know if he was black or white. He didn't know if he was a man or a woman. He changed his skin, changed his voice, changed his hair. You know. So to me, he was the epitome of madness. So just, you know, being a man, you know, I was in the military, I just, you know, I got no time for evil girly boys. And, you know, so his music, I wouldn't even pay attention to his music. So all the world is going Michael Jackson crazy, and I'm not even... But I was somewhere, I can't remember, I was either in my car or I was shopping somewhere, and I heard a song coming on, and it had this beat. The rhythm was, was, was so powerful that I remember stopping going, who's that? I didn't know it was Michael Jackson. I mean, it was, I mean, it was serious. It, and it went something like this. <clears throat> just so long. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to, stop, stop. I ain't, don't be laughing. I ain't, just, just listen, I'm trying to be serious. So it went something like this. Boom, boom. And I was, I was shaking my head. And he starts. And I was just, and I'm, 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 I was just doing like this.
I try to stop my feet, they're still going. <laughs> you know when something gets in your head, it's in there for the rest of the day. Yeah. Trying to eat my food. <laughs> That's how quickly a spell can get on you. Imagine these, these special effects in Hollywood and these greatly gifted actors who are pretending, you know, that, oh, this horrible rape took place in this movie and you're there. It's all make-believe. It's all a Hollywood story. And, then, and as you're watching it, the girls are crying. <laughs> I can't believe it. Say, hey, 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 hey. It's not real. It's not real. The people are actors. That house ain't real. It's just a cardboard movie set. The script is not real life. It was all written. It's not real. But you're in the living room crying and get up mad. I can't believe that. Spellbound. Just that fact. You could be somewhere walking through Walmart and somebody just say something and bump into you the wrong way and all of a sudden they start saying things and before you know it, you, you, you forget that you're a Christian. Stuff coming out your mouth, you swinging on somebody and you have to get out of what in the world got into me. Get what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, I'm spellbound. This is what, what Simon has done to these people. Some of you remember back in 1978 when I was like 17 years old or something. I, I, I remember the story in the news of this man, Jim Jones, who took 900 people from San Francisco down to the jungle of Guyana and they all drank cyanide and killed themselves. 900 people! Now you say, well, Pastor, you know, the devil. No, no, no. These were church people. The People's Temple in San Francisco, California. Church people singing just like we sang this morning. Worshiping, giving their offering, loving God on the altar, just like we were this morning. That man got the devil in his head and took 900 people to the jungle and made them commit suicide. And the pictures, you can still see them on the internet, of all those dead bodies lying there. He convinced them to sell their homes, draw all their money out the bank, buy airline tickets one way to Guyana, Forget their family, they're not coming back. Set up a camp in the jungle and then drink cyanide and kill themselves. Spellbound. Y'all hearing me today? Now, this man didn't have a witch's pot and, and, and with brew. You know what he did? He stood up like me in a pulpit and started preaching his words, cast a spell on them. We're leaving this world. We're going to a better place. Amen. He's not reading no Bible verse. He's just telling them 
I alone can save you. Yeah, pastor. And he's preaching to them, and they all get on a plane, and he destroyed 900 people's lives. Spellbound. Now, as you hear me, you can begin to understand where I want to go as I finish this message. And all I'm trying to tell you, folks, is this is something way more prominent than you think. Because you're thinking that it's out there, evil men like Jim Jones, the girl's Muslim boyfriend in Mississippi. Yeah, the spirit of Antichrist. Pastor, I get it, I get it. But listen, I'm telling you, folks, this is such a powerful spirit that if you are not hitting every cylinder in your relationship with God, it's so easy to become spellbound. A young man I told you about speaking in tongues in church, just a beautiful girl, spellbound. Well, God's position on witchcraft is very clear, outlined in Deuteronomy 18. I'll read these couple of verses, and then I'm going to move toward the end of my message. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10, down to verse 12. Look up here on the screen. I'm going to read it. It says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who practices witchcraft, soothsaying, or interprets omens, or a sorcerer. Next verse and one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. That is a psychic or seances, any of that. He said, for all who do these things are what? Abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God will drive them out from before you. Doesn't that tell us that it's not God's will for us to be involved in witchcraft? Of any sort. What that means, folks, today is that no horoscope reading, no psychic readings, no palm reading, no crystal ball, no fortune telling. Come on, say amen. amen. No horoscopes. It is not God's will for his people to be involved in any type of witchcraft. He names them in the scripture. He said all who do this are an abomination to God. Now here's why. I chose the text. And I'm getting ready to finish. In verse number 9, the word sorcery says, but there was a certain man named Simon who previously practiced sorcery. That word sorcery is not the word pharmakia. That is a different Greek word that is also translated sorcery, but we know all about that. You've heard me preach about it. This is not pharmakia. This is a different word. This word is magia, M-A-G-I-A, just like we get magi or magician from. This is a different word in the New Testament. So it says Simon was a magia. Now here's what the word magia means, so you'll know exactly what he was. The word literally means magical arts, not talking about demonic, it's talking about a scammer, a con man, or a swindler. Magia. Somebody who uses skill for deception. We would say again, the magical 
arch. You just like, you know, you go to Las Vegas and see a magic show and it disappeared. Well, you know it didn't really disappear. Of course it didn't disappear. It's magical arts. They, they're skilled people and, you know, put it between their fingers or sliding it down here or whatever they do. But the hand is quicker than the eye and all it is. It's just tricks. It's conmanship. And so it says here that Simon was a magia. He was an artist in deception. Now, do you know that anybody can be that? Come on, this is where my message is going. Anybody can be that. And I'll show you why. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 down to verse 21, when Paul the Apostle is teaching about the works of the flesh, you'll see the word magia in that list. This is very important. Watch. It says, now the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh means things that you do. This is not talking about some demon from hell oppressing you. These are called the works of the flesh. And it talks about fornication, adultery, uncleanness, lewdness. These are just nasty old things that people do because they're in the flesh. Say amen. All right. So he says, idolatry, sorcery, there's the word magia. Hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath or anger, selfish ambition, dissensions and heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and of such like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Magia is listed as a work of the flesh. See, so you're thinking black magic, voodoo, Demons coming down, they got a hold of me, and I couldn't control myself. He said, no. He said, no. Magia is a work of the flesh. Somebody trying to control somebody else. Talk to me, everybody. It's like people who come to our church every now and then. Pastor, you know, I ain't got no food. Pastor, I ain't got no money. Pastor, I'm homeless. I don't live nowhere. And then I find out that they make it around to every church in Atlanta. Liars. Pull on your heartstrings. I've been to every other church, and no one has helped me. And your heart starts sinking. Really? You're going, no one has helped. No, every other pastor couldn't help me. And they're looking at you in their eyes. And you got to wake yourself up. You lying devil! Man, they almost got you under a spell. These people are skilled. They've been doing this for years, raking money out of people. That's magia. That's not some demon from hell possessing people. These are people just trying to control you, pull on your heartstrings, and get your money out your pocket. This is magical arts. This is the word that we're talking about here. Some of you have met people like that. If you come from an urban area or a large metro area like Atlanta, D.C., New York, Chicago, Miami, Dallas, where, you know, you, you come from a powerful urban setting, like where my family up in the D.C. area. See, you have what we call these ghetto codes. And one of the ghetto codes is you never tell on nobody. If you tell on somebody, you're betraying your peoples. What peoples? You ain't my peoples. somebody rapes a little girl or kills somebody the police come along I say nothing but I say nothing spellbound 
I don't know who did it. You know who did it? Your Uncle Flacco did it. You know who did it? I ain't, ain't saying nothing. So Flacco keeps on killing people. One day he'll kill somebody you love. Destroying communities. Why? Because people are spellbound. Because somebody said, you can't say nothing. You betray your people. And so people grow up like this, and they're under the spell. That ain't no demon. That's a work of the flesh. Y'all hear me today? Come on now. So there's three ways that people charm others that I just need you to be aware of before I finish my message. Please, I want y'all to take this with you. Teach it to your family. Teach it to your children. And understand God wants us not to have anything to do with this. And he also wants us to not find ourselves doing it to other people. There's three. The first is manipulation. Remember, magia is a work of the flesh. Manipulation is a work of the flesh. Manipulation is anybody who is skilled in the influence of, of, of seducing people for any type of personal agenda. That's what Delilah did to Samson. He's protecting the secret of his strength, and she wants to know the secret. What does she start doing? Oh, Samson, if you really love me. Y'all ever hear that one? If you really love me, you'll have sex with me. I've heard that one from guys before. If you really love me, Samson, you'll tell me. And oh, poor Samson, I really love you, but you didn't tell me. Well, folks, that's manipulation. Here's a woman that wants information. She wants to control this man's life, future, and destiny. And, and what does he do? He comes under the spell and tells her everything. And ends up with his eyes plucked out, his hair off, dead under a pile of rubble because he was spellbound. I don't want the ladies to get mad. I'm going to get on the men in a minute, but I'm going to tell you something about ladies. Ladies are masters of manipulation. And so if you're a female, you just hear from God today because it, 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 they're, they're so good at it. You know, and you can't get their way, just start... <laughs> One eye open, the other eye closed. <laughs> In other words, my tears is putting a spell on that man. I don't want her to cry. <laughs> Running to slam the door. <laughs> okay, what do you want? Spellbound! Poor brother, give you anything you want, just start crying. <laughs> the silent treatment. I just won't talk to you until I get what I want. Seduction. Like the beautiful lady who walked into church. Now she was just trying to come to church and get saved, but there are some ladies who understood that men are sometimes very visually stimulated. And so they'll wear clothes so that they can put a spell on a brother. I ain't telling no lie. And they'll wear them clothes and the poor brothers are trying to... 
were they doing? Where are you going after church? <laughs> uh, poor brother, he can't even talk. Under a spell. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. People use money. People use sex. People use favor. People use bribes. All of these things. Magia. Casting spells on people. How come you didn't say hi to me? Because I was busy. That's why. You just don't like me no more. Stop all that manipulation. I like you. I like everybody. Well, you, you, I called you. You didn't pick up the phone. Yeah, because I was doing something. You don't care about me no more. Stop all that. Trying to put a spell on people. Put no spell on me. People want me to run up the stairs and break my neck to get the phone. I'll answer it when I get to it. I was calling you four times. and you That's right. I heard it all four times. I was down there doing something. I'll call you back in a minute. You put no spell on me. We see what? Hey, let me move on. Y'all getting mad. <laughs> Woo! Manipulation is one. But then there's intimidation. And this is where men are good. Because women are very good at, at, at manipulation. Men are very good at intimidation. See, using fear to cast a spell on people. Shouting and getting loud and getting angry. The poor girl, she's shaking in her shoes. Got her intimidated. That's what Goliath did when he stood out there and intimidated the army of Israel. The Bible said all of them started running except for a little shepherd boy named David. He said, I ain't scared. He ain't putting no spell on me. Got the whole army running. I ain't running nowhere. He said, I come in the name of the Lord. And that's what children of God have to do. I'm not coming under nobody's magia, nobody's spell. I'm a Christian. Say amen. I serve the true and living God. You're not putting no spell on me and manipulating or intimidating my life. That's what people do when they blackmail you. Oh, I know something about you. Well, go ahead and tell it then. Tell it. I'll ask for forgiveness if I have to. I'll repent if I have to. But you ain't putting me under no spell. And I sure ain't giving you no thousand dollars. I got rent to pay. I'll be sorry and I won't do it again. I'll learn from my lesson. But you ain't going to have me shaking in my shoes all of my life. One, oh, I got something. And then you're going to come back next month for another $50. No, sir. I'll take it to Jesus myself. Say amen, somebody. That's what the cancel culture is. You know this whole cancel culture, political correctness. If you don't do what people want you to do, well, we're going to cancel you. We're going to boycott you. We're going to fire. We're not going to touch you. We're not going to do it. We're going to get rid of the sponsor. And they got the whole, and people just bowing to this. So no. That's intimidation. And what it does is it puts a spell on people. That's magia. And got people under control doing anything they want to. Somebody told me the other day that Chick-fil-A said they opened up on Sunday only for black people. Chick-fil-A has always been, we're Christians, we don't open up on Sunday. 
but so scared. Black lives matter. <laughs> so scared. We're going to open up on Sunday, but only black people can come in. What kind of madness is that? Got a spell on the whole Chick-fil-A. You know what you said? No, we ain't opening on no Sunday. We're going to church. You want a, a chicken sandwich and you come back Monday morning. We're going to burn it down, but we're going to be standing out there waiting for you. Anyway, let me go see. I can tell, tell when people don't like one. Listen, manipulation, intimidation, and then there's domination. Domination is the oppression of the powerful over the weak. These are people who have positions of power, bosses and CEOs and, and people, and they just dominate people, you know, to keep them down. And so they do anything they want because they might fire me. Well, here's the truth. In this text, if you look at verse 11 and verse 12, we're in Acts chapter 8, verse 11. It says, they heeded him because they had, he had astonished them with his sorceries. Then verse 12 begins with what word? But. But is a conjunction. You know a conjunction connects two almost opposing thoughts. They're giving in to Simon, but, woo, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And then it says Simon himself got saved. The witch got saved. Why? Because a man came and says, I'm not coming under your spell. Everybody else from the smallest to the greatest, Simon, I ain't worried about no Simon. I belong to Jesus. Say amen. That's who you belong to. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And he got up and kept on preaching. Simon said, all right, I'm going to get you. He said, you can't get me. I'm already got by Jesus. Come on, say amen. And he started preaching the gospel. And when everybody believed the gospel, all of a sudden, their eyes were open and they started getting saved and baptized. It says, Simon, well, you ain't nothing. The spell has been broken. Because we received Jesus Christ into our life as our Savior. The spell was lifted. And all of a sudden, the people are free. And then when they got free, Simon realized, ain't nobody scared of me no more. Then he went on and got saved too. Come on, everybody running game was delivered. That's what the gospel does. Can you say amen? Come on, it can set a family free. It can set men free. It can set women free. People on the job, everybody who is oppressed by this sorcery, this magia, who are spellbound. See, when you come to Jesus, the reason some of you got so much victory today is because you came to Jesus. Before you were under the spell, alcohol, I got to have another drink. Pornography, I got to have another look. You were under the spell of angry and racism. You were caught spellbound because everybody's telling you you got to hate black people you got to hate white people you got to and you're so spellbound but what you got saved and when Jesus came into your life I ain't like that anymore you got delivered the spell was broken see but something else happened the witch who was cast in the spell also got delivered so there's two things God wants to do for us here today before we go. Not just you're under a spell. People's words have you under a spell. Fear got you under a spell. And God said, you know, that spell can be broken instantly today in Jesus Christ. 
But not just that. There's some people sitting in here, or those of you listening to me, you've been manipulating and intimidating and dominating people. You've been doing it to your kids. You've been doing it to your husband. You've been doing it to your wife. You've been doing it to your friends. You can get delivered too. So that God don't want his people to be witches and warlocks casting spells on people. I control this. You do what I tell you to do. And using words to put fear in people and intimidate people. That's witchcraft. That's why I'm here to tell you, it's not some demonic thing. It's magic. It's a work of the flesh. It's what people do because they have an agenda. I want my way. I want what I want. I want to control this. And they start to do it. And God says, you know what? Stop it. The people of Samaria got delivered. And Simon the witch got delivered. And what we have here in the Bible is a great victory for every one of us here as we continue to serve God and preach the gospel. And that is, folks, the great victory that is waiting for us, the joy of your life and of your home. When you bring this to Jesus today, say, you know what, God, I've been under a spell. That man's got me, these people have got me, money, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I'm coming out from under that today in Jesus' name. I'm not living there. I'm so scared to say this. I'm so scared to go there. But, but, but it might not just be that. You might be the one doing that to other people because of insecurity people always want to control everything and God is showing you got to stop that that's witchcraft and God don't want his people he said it's an abomination and I'll cut it off everybody got the word today do you love Jesus come on we can have the victory today I want y'all to stand to your feet with me come on just all stand we get ready to pray because I want to have some prayer with you before we go just stand to your feet with me today father we love you and we thank you. We receive your word today and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just bow your heads for a minute? If you're here today, we want you to know how much the love of God is here, his great mercy for the people of Samaria that he would bring a preacher, Philip, preaching the word of God and lifting the spell that was on that city. What a beautiful, beautiful deliverance. Everybody got saved and got baptized. And then God turned his Holy Spirit toward the man Simon, and he repents. And the man who was a wizard in the...